0: Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. All right, today's message, we're talking about limb doctrine. This is part two. We're talking about belonging. And really, belonging is really finding that good fit. Where do you fit? Where do you belong? Where do you connect? See, human beings were created to belong. Isn't that right? Whether it's our home, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our identity, our language, or even our culture, each is a part, just different elements of belonging. So there's a number of elements of belonging that we need to consider. And it's, it's important for us to have that, that sense of belonging because we're living in a culture, in a society where people don't seem to fit in and, and it's problematic and there's issues, there's challenges. But we want to look from a biblical vantage point as we uh, continue to explore this message in this in this part today. Our key scripture uh, for this month is found in 1 Corinthians 12, 27. If you have your Bibles, please turn there. And I'm going to be reading this from the Message Bible. Because it emphasizes it in just a little different way that really brings some uh, issues to point. First Corinthians 12:27. "You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept you're a part of that body does your part mean anything. In other words, you have a role to play. You have a part to play. But until you accept that, it means nothing. And this scripture is addressed to those that are part of the body of Christ already. And maybe you're here this morning and, and you don't feel that you're a part of the body of Christ. And you're going to hear how you can be connected a little later in the service. But let's take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to minister your word And I trust that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that your spirit would quicken your word in us so that we can comprehend and understand your purpose for our lives. In Jesus' name, we commit this time to you, Father God, and we thank you for those that have come to receive and hear from you. Amen. All right. Uh, As I said last week, this month we're going out on the limb. When we consider limb doctrine, that's actually a creative term that really identifies the truth of the matter of fact that we are the arms and the feet of Jesus, that Jesus Christ being the head has a body and we are his body in the earth to interact with humanity, to make a difference, to connect, and to really reveal who Jesus is. And and so... As part of the body, we need to take instruction from the head. You know, if, if your body's not listening to your head, you got a problem, okay? And see, that's the condition the church has been in because the body hasn't always received the instruction and the orders from the head to carry out what the head wants to be accomplished in the earth. And so uh, last week we talked about without words and, and something I, I don't think I shared with you that I think is important You've heard this quote. Have you ever heard the quote "Preach the gospel and if necessary, use words? you've heard that now this qu- quote is supposed to or supposedly by Saint Francis of assisi, but it really can't be proven that it was from him because there's no evidence prior to nineteen ninety that he ever said it so it's 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 still a good statement right uh no matter who said it so uh uh, and uh, another scripture that I wanted to share because knowing that we are connecting with people all around us, and sometimes your life, your actions, are more powerful than your words. In fact, actions speak louder than words. In First Peter three one, we see this scripture, this passage. It's a really it's a word to wives, to to reach their husbands because sometimes you know, as husbands. Uh, we don't like to be preached at. Uh, and uh, You can say amen, guys. If, <laughs> okay, if you're on my side, you know. <laughs> we don't like to be preached at, but the Bible has a verse for that. Okay, you ready for this? First Peter 3.1, it says, Likewise, wives, okay, this is directed to all of our lovely women here, okay, wives, um, be subject to your own husbands, So that even if some do not obey the word, and that's referring to the word of God, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives. Let me make this statement in this regard to this passage. When words fail, actions will succeed. Okay? And so I just wanted to uh, bring that out in reference to last week's message. If you're not here, you can listen to that on the uh, podcast, but it's important to understand that we must, with our actions, reveal Jesus to a lost and a dying world. Amen? Now, there's a quote from Sister Teresa of Avila. Avila, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce that place. But she stated, Christ has no body now but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. How profound and how accurate when we compare this to what we see in the Bible. Now, this past Wednesday in our small group, uh, we always have icebreakers and we pose this question to our small group. And the question was, what does it mean to belong? And in in the context of home or church, what does it mean to belong? In fact, uh, really, belonging is simply that longing to fit in, that longing to be a part of something, that longing to be involved in something and to be respected and, and all that. But so, from a small group of people, and we actually had 18 people there, so I have 18 of these. And so, I thought, I can't just read one or two or three or four. I'm going to have to read all 18 because I don't want anyone to be offended. Right? <laughs> Now, that doesn't mean I'm a people-pleaser here this morning, but the, the real reason is I think all of them are valid and all of them are good. I, I was trying to say, okay, I can cut this one out, cut this one out, but I put them all back in, okay? So you just have to put up with this, okay? So what does it mean to belong? Uh, and, and let me just pose this before I read through these. You need to have your own answer. You need to finish the statement, belonging is. You know, you need to think about that, and I'm going to give you some ideas here. Belonging is to be part of a family, even closer than natural family and roots. And that's, Kurt had shared that in context of church, that sometimes the relationships in the body of Christ in the church are even stronger and more solid and real than our own blood family. Uh, Then another one. Uh, belonging is being able to be vulnerable with people. Being yourself and who you are without faking it. Thank you, Caleb, for that one. Um, and this is Hill. Harold. Harold, I tell you, that man has wisdom beyond his years. And he's not a young guy, okay? <laughs> what he said, and, and when he said this, I thought, this is so cool. He said, and, and I didn't see this. And I'm just jealous. And I didn't see it belong means to be long it means the long lastingness of a relationship or involvement that it's not short term it's not temporary but it's the long haul so to belong means that there's a future inside okay and and those are my add-ins to what he said this is actually what he said belong be long you belong with someone if we are all Christians, we are all brought, bought with the same price. We all have that in common. Thank you, Harold, for that. Okay? And then Joan, you know, because she always sits next to Harold in a small group, so <laughs> Joan was next. And Joan said, with a church, there's always someone to care for. You feel like you belong because you're needed. That's important. If you're not needed, why Stick around. You know, I I thought that that was good. And then um, Carol, she said, you know, if you have the same interest and goals, you have the wonderful feeling back and forth, the peeps that are yours. I like that word, peeps. (laughs) And then John said, "Where where you always feel welcome, that's where you belong, where you always feel welcome. Uh, they to help and to be helped, someone to listen. Belonging is a place to be expected, to be accepted, helped if needed, and to feel camaraderie. So that's from John. And then Angie said, uh, belonging is, is always to know that people are there for you when you need them to be. And her comment was she never felt so welcome and so much a part of a church as refuge. Um, When you belong somewhere, and this is Tori Lynn, when you belong somewhere, it's a heart calling, a sense of accountability, and we are needed and belong. The spiritual level connection, there's there's something beyond just a natural connection, there's a spiritual connection as well. And then Paige shared... It's a lot of equality. Everyone is on the same level. Uh, no one is more superior than another. We're, we're kind of all on the same playing field. I think that's good. Um, Florence shared, uh, to belong means what you say and say what you mean. The need to be needed. When you're gone and if no one notices, you probably don't belong there. All right. In other words, if, if you go missing and nobody takes notice of you're missing, well, did you really belong there? And that's where we, as, as refugees, need to connect with people that come through these doors and to build meaningful relationships with them because that's part of the body connecting and, and serving one another. And then Francis had one word, security. I like that. Belonging is Security. Missy also, and they didn't even compare notes until they shared this. She said, belonging is acceptance. She got one word too. So acceptance and security, that's, that's cool. And then, I didn't write the name down of this one. <laughs> Unconditional love, that's what belonging is. Spiritual and biological, where there's a sense of accountability and you're not afraid to speak the truth. But it's done in love. But that was Jennifer, I believe. And then Paula shared having a family. Belonging is having a family or a type of family to be secure and to love. And then Jan shared two or more with common goals love, acceptance, and empowering. Synergistic movement is to follow God. That's the driving force behind it. And then Jamie shared belonging is where people love you regardless of what you have in common or don't have in common. And they're not afraid to be with you in the tough times and to walk you through those times. Thank you, Jamie, for that. And then my lovely wife, she shared, belonging is a piece of the pie, I mean, a piece of the puzzle. (laughs) And every piece has a specific place. And you know, if there's one piece missing, the puzzle is not complete. You know, ever get a thousand-piece puzzle? putting that thing together, and there's one piece missing. Isn't that frustrating? You need that piece for it to be complete. And that's how the body of Christ is. Every member is significant. It has its place. And then Adam shared, belonging means love. It's the center of everything. So thank you for all that input, guys and gals. Now let me ask you this question as you're sitting there this morning. Do you ever feel like you don't belong? Uh, that's not a good feeling, is it? It's not a good feeling. See, if you're in a place and you don't feel like you belong, before you pick up and run, you have to ask the question, why don't I feel like I belong? See, you need to look at that question first before you just go and flee and run. So I'm out of here. Why don't I feel I like I belong? Maybe it's because... It's an unfamiliar place. That does not mean you don't belong. You you just need to connect. You need to become familiar with that place. See, part of our responsibility is is to make an effort to fit in. Right? Do you agree with that? And not remain an outsider. See, there will always be the, the pressure to conform wherever you're at. Society is trying to squeeze us into a certain image That's why the Bible says in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the word of God. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds when we begin to see things from God's perspective and God's vantage point. See, are you in a good place? If you're in a good place and negative forces are attempting to drive you away, that's the reality of it. And Or are you in a bad place and negative forces are trying to keep you there? See, because there's some places that you don't belong. Because God doesn't want you there because of how will corrupt your life. And there's other places that God wants you to belong. And and realize that people are trying to find their place in this life. Where they belong. Um, And I have to share a little story with you because... um, I am not the most athletic person on this planet, and I have to admit that. In fact, the, the class I hated the most was fyed. I was teased, picked on, ridiculed, and never picked. I can remember very clearly this. I don't know if, why this memory doesn't leave me, but I can remember we were, uh, I think I was in eighth grade, and they were picking teams for softball. And, you know, they had established two captains, and these captains are picking all the people that are there. And myself and Dave Kavadić are the last two people that nobody wanted. And we're standing there, and one of the captains said, okay, Matt, I'll take you. And I could tell he didn't want me on his team. He did not want me on his team. So... As far as a sense of belonging, it just wasn't there. And because I wasn't good, I think I struck out the first time I was up for bat, and, and then I, I had a difficult time catching the ball. Um, so, so I, I wasn't very athletic, but you know, years later, fast forward to the future, which is still in the past. Pasty um, <laughs> Deb. Deb came up to me, and this was when the church was established, and we're going along a few years. And, and she is the athletic of athletics. She was into everything, softball, racquetball, she taught me how to do that, uh, volleyball, uh, doing all that stuff. And she was involved in city leagues and doing all that stuff. She was involved in high school and junior high and all that, so she was athletic. And see, one of her desires was to marry somebody that was athletic, and I'm not that person. And so she had to compromise her standard there when she decided to <laughs> accept my proposal, and and I and I also not a musician. She was wanting that too for her husband, and so I failed in those two points. But she still accepted uh, when I asked her to marry me. You know, so uh, and anyway, so where am I going with this story? <laughs> so she said she had this great idea. Why don't we start a, a volleyball? team from the church to play with the city league. I said, great, go for it. Well, wow, it's going to cost $150. I go, well, well, let's talk to the boys see if that's okay. We wrote the check. And so then she's putting her team together, and guess what? She wanted me to be on that team. And I said, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, you don't, you don't want to lose, do you? And so, but they coaxed me and the other people she put together. She said, we're all good at this, so we'll cover for you. So you can just be a, what do you call the person that just goes out there? Mascot, yeah, you know. And so, <laughs> but only I'm on the court, you know. So mascot on the court a mascot in the field, that doesn't work. And, you know, for the competition. Anyway, so I get out there and we're doing all these practices and they're, they're so patient with me. Well, I'm the pastor. They can't get mad at the pastor, right? <laughs> you know, there might be issues there. But the whole team, I can remember, Sharon was there and, and others, and they pulled some other people in from the community. And they worked with me, and they invested time in me. And I can remember the first game. It was I, I went home, and I was so discouraged because those people on that other team could really spike that ball. And when they found that I was the weak spot, it always came to me. So I, but I had no choice but to either attempt to hit it back and, or just dodge it. And I know it wasn't dodgeball. I'm, I was pretty good at dodgeball, okay? But <laughs> volleyball, I stunk. And I realized the rules for dodgeball and volleyball, they just don't mesh, okay? So I can remember then, I don't know if it was God just doing something, in, but with encouragement of everybody, I started hitting it back. I can remember the first time I got it up, and everybody on our team, yeah, he did it! you know. And, you know, over, I think we played three, I played three seasons on that team. Was it three or four? But we went from being the worst in the league to taking first place in the league. And that first place trophy is still in my office, folks. It's going to stay there. <laughs> okay? And then they moved us up to the, highest level of competition, and that was a challenge. But, you know, the, the ref that would ref through the season, he, he told us after the season, he said, if I'm to give out an award for the best improved, you would get it. And, and now I'm fairly good at volleyball. I can actually spike it. I can actually get it over the net. And, but it was, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged. And, and the reason I'm sharing this, sometimes you're in a place you don't feel like you belong. And maybe it's because you haven't been encouraged Maybe you haven't had the support you need, but don't just bail and run because you don't feel like you belong. Because I certainly didn't feel like I belonged in that court. I mean, I was, what was that, Tuesday nights, every Tuesday night? I mean, I would dread Tuesdays. You know, I'd have to, like, i get my, you know, work myself up to be able to handle this. And, you know, but, and I'd pray, Lord, don't let that ball come to me, you know. But the team was good. They would all get in fun of me. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, 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 take this one. You know, okay. All right. Let's move on here. <laughs> so, what is the sense of belonging? Belonging means acceptance as a member or to be a part. A sense of belonging is a common experience. In fact. A sense of belonging is a human need. It's a vital human need. Just like the need for food, just like the need for shelter, you need to belong. Feeling that you belong is important in seeing value in life and being able to deal with life's challenges, okay? Like when somebody's spiking the ball at you. To belong is to be a member or part of something or someone. See, when, when people go to places they don't belong, they're often overcome by wrong influences because there's places you don't belong and you should never belong. See, the potential for frustration, discouragement, and unfulfillment is likely when you're in the place that you don't belong or shouldn't belong. See, where do I belong? That's the question we're going to address in my three points that I share for you. Where do I fit in life? And see, we are a piece of the puzzle of life, and, and we need to find that place that God has for us. So the three points I want you to consider in today's message, the three big questions of belonging are who, what, and where. Okay. So point number one is who. Who do you belong to? See, belonging always involves a person. It always involves people. See, who are you connected to? Who should you be connected to? Who is the person or the people that you to be connected to? 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says, Bad company corrupts good morals. So if you're connected with the wrong people, you will be corrupted. That's a biblical uh, principle. But we want to look at a scripture. This is actually from the New International Reader's Version, Romans 1, 6. And I love how this is stated you also are among those Gentiles who are appointed to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, the whole context of the scripture is important to consider, but it was the fact that because the Jews rejected Jesus, their Messiah, the Lord opened up a door for the Gentiles. And really, that was God's intent for the Jews to receive Jesus and then for the Jews to take the message of the gospel to the rest of the world. But because the Jews initially rejected Jesus, then that was reversed. God extended it to the Gentiles. And now Gentiles are reaching out to Jews to bring the message of Messiah, the message of salvation to them. And so when we see this scripture, you also are among those Gentiles who are appointed to belong. You are appointed to belong to Jesus Christ by God's determination You are appointed to belong to him. That is significant. Galatians 5.24, we see another passage, which this is what I call one of those ouch verses, because it's like, ouch, this doesn't always feel so good. But Galatians 5.24 says, and those who belong to Jesus Christ, how many, we'll stop right there, pause right there for a moment. How many of you would say that you belong to Jesus Christ? Okay, okay, this is now we need to see what follows, because if you belong to Jesus Christ, notice it says, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We realize that belonging to Jesus Christ will transform your life. If you belong to him, there's this sense of crucifixion or putting to death the things that once held you back, the things that were once detrimental to your well-being are no longer to be in control or dominion of your life. And so we see that Belonging to Jesus means that there's this crucifixion. There's this uh, separation of the passions, the desires, the lust that once dominated our lives. And Then another passage, and I love this. It's, it's Acts 27, 23. And this is when the apostle Paul, they were on this ship and there was this storm and everything was going wrong. The ship eventually sunk, but Paul and those that were on board that ship were all saved. And Paul had an opportunity to share the gospel with them. But in verse 23 in Acts 27, the apostle Paul gets up and he says, For this very night there stood before me an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I worship. This angel came with a message of deliverance, a message of comfort, a message that let him know that he was going to be okay. But notice that the apostle Paul said this is the God to whom I belong to. And he sent his angel to give us hope, to deliver us. See, we belong to God, and we have to come to that realization. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. See, you need to recognize that if you're in Christ, if you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, he's purchased you. He owns you. And you need to submit and surrender your life to him. So you can't, you know, something the Lord just dealt with me this week. I was thinking about my free time. And I thought, oh, you know, what am I going to do with my free time? My free time is to do with what I want. And the Lord kind of corrected me and he said, no, it's not. I own your free time. I own your free time. And how I utilize my free time is, is of great concern to God. I can't just veg out and do something that, you know, uh, you know, might lead me the other way. You know, we think of free time, but God owns our free time, okay? Just think about that for a moment. And so, number two, let's look at the what. The what. Who, what, and where, okay? Let's look at the what. What do you belong to? Because there's a what that comes into consideration here. What we belong to is critical for our life mission. The what determines the where, okay? First Thessalonians 5.8, it says, But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. What do we belong to? We belong to the day. The day is in reference to the light of God that guides us, that directs us. And notice it addresses different elements of the armor of God that we need in order to stay victorious in our walk with Him. Now, let me ask you the question, what organization do you belong to? You may have many had many in your lifetime. I was an FFA member in high school because I was raised on the farm, Future Farmers of America. Yeah, I was a part of that organization because it just fit. I'm a farm boy. And I I thought, you know, I would disappoint my father if I didn't join the FFA. You know, how many FFA people do we have here? Okay, I'm I'm not embarrassed. Okay, (laughs) all right. Right, we're friends for life, you know. Yeah. (laughs) We'll talk. I, I was going to try to find my FFA jacket. I don't think it would fit anymore. But, you know, it's the big coin cob on the back and yeah, all that. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. I actually went to Kansas City for a convention, the FFA convention. My picture was in the Stevens Point Journal, along with the other delegates that went there from, from our city. And guess who spoke at that convention? The president of the United States. Guess which one? President Ford some of you oh, who's he I don't know. that was it was President Ford he came he came to the FFA convention can you imagine that yeah that's so it's a big deal FFA Future Farmers of America I was part of it yes okay yeah it's a big deal okay i better get back on track here i think okay <laughs> okay uh, sometimes i wonder about myself um uh, What we belong to now is more important to what you belong to in the past. Before you had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 says, Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him. This is speaking of Jesus. As the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22 to put off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. So and it's important to understand that what we belong to now in Christ is much more important to what we belong to before we knew him, before our encounter with him. And so there has to be that separation. There has to be that distinction of where we're going with our life, where we're going with our future. There's certain things that are part of my past that are not part of my future, right? And so we need to understand it. I could share some more on this, but uh, we want to address the third one here because we've addressed the who, the what, and let's look at the where. Where do you belong? Where do you belong? Where do I belong? You might say, what, am I, what are you saying? Are you saying that you don't belong? Why? Because you want to be somewhere else? You need to understand that God created you with purpose, on purpose, and for a purpose. He really did. And so you belong somewhere. And, and God wants you to find that place so you can fulfill. What he's intended for your life to produce in this earth because he has a mission intended for your life. See, he has an assignment intended intended for your life. You might ask, where is home? You know, most of us know what it is to belong and what it is not to belong. How many of you can identify? Yeah, I, I know what it is to belong and I know what it is not to belong. Often our sense of belonging is expressed in our sense of where our home is to us. What's home to you? You know, and I think sometimes we, you know, there's, there's no place like home, right? Um, what was that movie that came out, No Place Like Home? Wizard of Oz, yeah, yeah. No Place Like Home. It, that whole movie, all all it's about is her journey to get back home. You know, and this whole experience, the tornado, the witches, and all, all that junk, The 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 whole... <laughs> The whole focus is I gotta get back home. Because that's where the support, the love, the family is. And 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 thank God she, she arrived there. Um, but maybe you haven't arrived there. Maybe you haven't found home. Well, God has a place for you that you can call home. First Corinthians 12 is the chapter of the Bible that shows you where you belong. It really does. And we're going to take it up in verse 12, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And I'm going to just read through this, this scripture. And I'm going to highlight a couple of things as we bring this service to a close. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12 says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So we're talking about the diversity and the unity of the body of Christ, or Jesus. Verse 13 says, for in one spirit we are baptized into one body. That means we're all immersed into this body of Christ. Baptism is immersion into water. When we look at it from a, a water baptism, it's immersion in water. But when we look at from the perspective of the body of Christ, when you, are, when you give your heart to Jesus, when you receive his life, you are immersed into the body of Christ. You're literally plunged into his body. You become part of it. Okay? It says you are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, doesn't matter your social status or any of that, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. We have all that. We have the spirit of God in common Verse 14, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many, okay? Verse 15 goes on to say, now this is where we get some problems, in the body of Christ, okay? Just giving you a little, little forewarning. If the foot should say, everybody raise your foot, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Well... Has your foot been complaining lately? Think about it. You know, your hands are out there. They're visible. You put rings on your hands. You know, the ladies, they paint their nails. and Some paint their toenails, but you don't see that. But, you know, the hands are just so much they better looking. You know, I have ugly feet. I don't like to show my feet. They're ugly. Even though the Scripture says, beautiful are the feet of those who bear good news. But... <laughs> I confess that they haven't changed. I'm I'm still waiting for transformation of my feet. But anyway, I have to wait to get to heaven for that, I guess. The first time Pastor Deb saw my toes, she says, those are the ugliest toes I ever saw in my life. (laughs) Yeah, they're long like fingers. I can pick things up with my feet. I've actually attempted to write with my feet. And uh, it looks a little sloppy, but I can get the job done. Okay. Anyway... there's this competition that exists sometimes between different members of the body. Why can't I be on the worship team? Well, because you can't sing. That's why I'm not on the worship team. I can't sing, okay? As much as I would want to, you know, be on the worship team, uh, hang it up, you know, kind of thing. Anyway, I, I, I could, you know, I better stop. So there's this competition within the body. You see, uh, it's your preference that makes you think you don't belong. You might be that foot stuck in that shoe. Oh, yeah, once in a while they throw odor eating down here. But, I'm just, you know, it's, uh, it's smelly down here. And the, the hands are always being washed. They're always, you know, being taken care of. But how often are the feet really taken care of? You know, so if we compare the two, but yet the hand can't accomplish things without the feet, right? And so working together, it's so important to be connected. As we we go through this, it says, uh, the rest of verse 15 says that you would not make it any less of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye. Oh, we could go off on this one too. You know, how... I just thought of something, you know, Deb. When I look into your eyes, I just oh I see so much love and you know, Commander, you don't look into somebody's ears. Oh look at that ear. Oh, isn't that ear wonderful? No, the the eye gets a whole lot more focus and attention than the ear. But there's this competition that at times that that exists. But just because you're an ear. That doesn't mean you don't belong. You just have a different function, okay? And so, okay, because I'm not an I, I, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body than verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, if everybody's on the worship team, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. Okay, it's his choosing. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And the issue is we belong to that body. We're different members, but yet we belong to the same body. See, there are certain places you don't belong. You don't belong there. If you want to belong, however, you have to be willing to make a pledge. Because without a pledge, you don't really belong. And, and you know, the, we have a lot of pledges in our culture, a lot of organizations. There's pledges, there's oaths, there's vows. Whether it's marriage, the marriage vow. Medical doctors make an oath. Military, they, before they enter the military, they make a, a pledge. Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, government officials, elected officials, police officers, You know, I've been at swearing-ins, we've been at, you know, when uh, uh, Congress, you know, different individuals have been sworn into office, and we've been at some of those functions. And and so this is a part of our culture. Um, And pledges, the Pledge of Allegiance is a familiar one. We all say that we pledge allegiance to the flag, and it's not really, we're not pledging allegiance to the, the material of the flag, but what that flag represents, Right. And um, the military, I like this one. I'm, I'm just gonna read this. I'm going to take a moment and read this. It's, I, and then to state the name, do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to the regulations and the so help me God that's how these end many of these roles end in so help me God the Girl Scout promise how many Girl Scouts former Girl Scouts do we have here you can probably say this better than I can I hope (laughs) on my honor I will try to serve God in my country to help people at all times and to live by the Girl Scout law Boy Scouts I was actually a Scout Master for a period of time can you imagine that Yeah, that was something else. Uh, (laughs) It was fun. On my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country and to obey the scout law, to help other people at all times, to keep myself physically strong, mentally awake, and morally straight. It's a Boy Scout pledge. There's other oaths of allegiance. The one that's really important, and you can look this up, if you are becoming a citizen of the United States of America, there's an oath of allegiance to this nation. And it's pretty powerful. And, you know, as I was reading through that, I, I, Deb sent me that, that link, and I thought, well, I think all Americans should know that pledge to be a citizen, not just those that are immigrating here from other countries and becoming American citizens. We should all know what that pledge is because I believe it would challenge us and move us. Now, there's another pledge that we can make, and as we bring this service to a close, this is a pledge to the creator of the universe— who is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who's he's the one who died for us and the one who lives for us, the one who's redeemed us from our sins and our transgressions, and, and he's destroyed the sentence of hell that was assigned against us because of our transgression and has offered to us the gift of eternal life. And see, there's a pledge or an oath of allegiance that we make to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and to be part of him. See, we pledge our lives to God. We pledge, we pledge our lives to Jesus Christ. In Acts two forty two, we see the scripture saying, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and prayers. See, they became a part of the community of believers because of the profession of faith in Jesus Christ. And you need to understand that there is a huge contrast between, be, be, between being accepted and rejected. And you need to understand that Jesus accepts you just the way you are. He extends his love to you right where you're at. And he wants to be involved in your life. He wants to come into your heart by your invitation by an act of your free choice, your will, to receive and accept him. And so we have a choice in our time in this earth whether we accept or reject Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us that there's no other name given among heaven by which we must be saved. Jesus himself declared, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. And we understand this, that There's no salvation in any other than Jesus Christ. And my extension to you this morning is is for you to put your faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Maybe you you are here and you've never really truly or fully accepted him. My invitation to you is for you to pledge your life to him today, to give your heart to him today with every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. This is a moment where you need to ask yourself, am I right with God? If I were to die today, do I know that I would be received in in the presence of Jesus Christ? Or is there fear? Is there doubt? Is there questions in my mind where, where I would end up? Maybe you don't believe in the heaven or hell. But I wouldn't bank on that. Because your belief or disbelief in heaven or hell will not change the reality that there may in fact be one, which I believe there is. And I'm not gonna chance, I'm not gonna take a chance. So I'm going to make sure that I've made my peace with God. And this is your moment to do so if you haven't already. Is there anyone here that you would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know that my life is not right with God and, and I'm ready and willing to pledge my life to him today. And you might say, what am I getting myself into if I should pledge my life? Well, you're getting yourself into a relationship, an encounter with a living God who will make himself real to you and who will begin to transform your life from this day forward. So if anybody would say, Pastor, pray for me. I'm ready to pledge my heart and my life to Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross for me. Does anyone just lift your hand? Thank you. We're going to pray this prayer together. And in this prayer, even if you didn't raise your hand, pray this prayer. And if you're sincere in praying this prayer, something's going to transpire in your heart. And Jesus will become the Lord of your life if he's not already. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I open my heart to you today. I acknowledge that without you I'm lost. I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. And I put my faith in you today and I pledge my life to you. Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart that you died for me and that you rose from the dead to give me new life. I confess you this day as my Lord and my Savior. I receive you now. Forgive me of my sins and make my life what you want it to be. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.